Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post-show for March 6th, 2023. I am your host, J.D. from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday evenings, wherever you may be, man. I am, I am cooked, just like... Austin Theory tonight was cooked by John Cena, man. I am exhausted. I am exhausted. So exhausted that I actually desperately needed to nap before WrestleMania. Uh, before WrestleMania, I wish. I don't even know if I'm going to get a nap before WrestleMania. I needed to nap before Monday Night Raw. That's how fucking tired I am, man. I already think we're at WrestleMania. I needed to nap before Monday Night Raw tonight, man. I am so exhausted coming out of that AW Revolution show. Jesse and I were live... And we didn't get done till about three o'clock in the morning. I didn't. I didn't get to bed till about five a.m. I had to be up at nine for the gym. I was in Manhattan all day today. I didn't get home till about five o'clock. Oh, oh my goodness, man! You're lucky I'm even here, alive. Thankfully, Monday Night Raw wasn't as egregious as it usually is. I thought Monday Night Raw set the tone for WrestleMania pretty well tonight. We got a lot of WrestleMania build on this show. So just by that alone, I'm giving it a thumbs up for tonight. So I'm glad that Triple H finally got the ball and the wheels in motion for WrestleMania. The big thing, the big selling point for WrestleMania is obviously Roman and Cody. But tonight, the second biggest thing that's happening at WrestleMania happened in the main event. And we finally got Jay Uso and Jay Uso's answer on where he stands in the bloodline. Is he joining Sami Zayn or is he going to be back with his family? That was the question. I don't know how many of you guys felt tonight. I don't know how many of you are still feeling WWE did the right thing by waiting and building weeks of television coming out of the Elimination Chamber. I honestly think everybody looking back at the Elimination Chamber, if you were to tell me that if WWE pulled the trigger on that night, it probably would have came off a lot better than it did tonight. I don't think I'm going to change my stance on what I thought was the better option of the two. But a lot of people, even though they loved what happened tonight, a lot of people are now asking, why did WWE wait so long to get us to the outcome that we all knew was coming, and it kind of, looking back at it, fell a little flat compared to what it could have been at the Elimination Chamber? The answer is very simple, guys. The answer is very simple. 
WWE has five hours of television that they need to produce on a weekly basis, and coming out of the chamber, there were six weeks to go before WrestleMania. WWE needed to write episodic television coming out of the chamber, and they wanted to string you along and make sure that their eggs were lined up in a row so that you get to where you gotta be with Jay Uso, Jimmy Uso, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens. That's exactly why they did what they did. I don't, I don't have a, a huge problem with it because we're going to get the match that we all expected anyway, and it's going to be tremendous, and it's going to be a WrestleMania moment for both Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Could they have maximized the heat a little bit better doing it at the chamber? Sure. Absolutely. But I think the end result is still just as good as anything, and we got the conclusion to this tonight. The only thing that I did not really like was that Cody Rhodes was the one to come out and save Sami Zayn from the three-on-one attack from the bloodline, minus Roman. Now, Cody looks like a superhero. Obviously, Cody is dealing with Roman and the bloodline himself going into WrestleMania. I don't hate it. And I'm going to tell you the same thing that I just told you mere seconds ago. Why didn't Kevin Owens come out there? It probably would have made a lot more sense if Kevin Owens came out there because that's the way it should have been written. Sami Zayn asking KO for help. KO denying him time and time again. Sami Zayn trying to get in the head of KO. Listen, we got to do this together. We're stronger together. We can't do this alone. And then he gets attacked and he gets beaten up, going at it, going to war with the bloodline, and Cody comes out instead of Kevin Owens. It's the only thing I didn't like. I feel like you take what happened at the chamber and you didn't capitalize on it there. You did it tonight. Looking back at it, did it feel a little weak compared to the chamber? Yes. Now I'm going to say the same thing about Kevin Owens. You're going to wait on Kevin Owens to join Sami Zayn in the war against the bloodline, Till when? Friday? He got beat up tonight. I'm going to say the same thing I said at the chamber. You should have maximized it then. Should have maximized it tonight. The only person that should have been in that moment was Kevin Owens, not Cody Rhodes. Not Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes has his own problem with Roman. Cody Rhodes came out there and interjected himself in something that doesn't really have anything to do with him. But he was out there, and Kevin Owens wasn't out there. So now when you go and do Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and you do the two joining of forces here coming together for WrestleMania's greater good, is it going to feel as epic as it could have been tonight? They should have mapped it out a little bit better with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens shaking hands and joining forces tonight in Boston with how hot that crowd was. I don't know. Or, or maybe maybe I'm completely off base, and maybe I missed the complete entire point of Cody Rhodes being out there. I, I don't know why Cody Rhodes was out there outside of the simple fact, and, and you know it's coming because I'm not an idiot. You know it's coming. They're going to give you Sammy and KO, and, and it's going to be a, a, a six-man tag team match between Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and Cody Rhodes versus Jimmy J., and solo. And it's going to be the one big hoorah 
on the go-home show for WrestleMania. That's what it's looking like to me. But it should have been Kevin Owens tonight. It could have included Cody Rhodes at any point. He doesn't really factor into any of this shit. It's Kevin Owens. But again, maybe I missed the point of it all. Kevin Owens sent him, some people said. Kevin Owens sent him. But it should have been KO to go out there. Because Sammy tried to talk some sense into him. Sammy is right. KO knows Sammy is right. Sammy believed in this so much that he went to war for the greater good of both of them. And Kevin Owens should have been the one to say, you know what, you were right all along. Let's do this fucking thing tonight. We're going to end up getting the tag team match regardless. But I feel like WWE kind of swung and missed on two different occasions, one being the chamber and then one being tonight, with Jay turning on Sammy should have happening at the Elimination Chamber, and then KO should have showed up tonight and saved Sami Zayn from the three-on-one mugging of the bloodline. But more than likely, we're going to get a six-man tag team match at some point on the road to WrestleMania that includes both of these epic feuds and kind of ties everything together here as Cody and Sammy, along with Kevin Owens, are going to battle the bloodline going into WrestleMania. John Cena. John Cena showed up on Monday Night Raw tonight. Every time I see John Cena, I am happy that he is still doing this. I really am. I'm happy that John Cena is still involved. I'm happy that John Cena still wants to continue being a part of the WWE family. It is very well documented. I've mentioned this time and time again. There was a point in my WWE fandom that I stopped watching WWE when John Cena was being shoved down our throats. I could not take it. I was so vehemently against what the company did with Hulk Hogan during my childhood. To see it happen all over again with John Cena was the straw that broke the camel's back. I took a decent amount of time off from watching the product, and that was the only time that I stopped watching. I could not stand it. As time went on and John Cena came back and he started to kind of ease up on his schedule and he wasn't really the focus of the show anymore and he became more of a supporting role or supporting act outside of being a main event star for so many years, he was slotted into that supporting role and I enjoyed his work more than any other time in his career when he was running Monday Night Raw as the United States Champion. And I haven't looked back on John Cena at all. John Cena is fantastic. I don't get the John Cena hate. We're not back in the ruthless aggression era. We're not back with John Cena being shoved down our throats. If you still don't appreciate John Cena in 2023, with him showing up once, maybe twice a year, I don't understand why you have this Absolute deep-rooted hatred for John Cena still in 2023. What has he done? I mean, you let somebody like that affect your fandom of what they are doing with him now. I don't get it. I don't get it. John Cena's level-headed. John Cena's logical. John Cena has openly talked about legends coming back. And I'm not talking about guys like Cena. Hall of Famers that have been retired coming back like Goldberg, coming back and taking spots away from the guys that are there every week, every month 
fucking 320 days a year on the road. John Cena has openly talked about using the youth of the company and pushing them towards the top and building for the future instead of relying on their past. He's openly talked about this. John Cena has not come back and injected himself in world title situations. John Cena has not won a world championship since coming back to the company working once or twice a year. Don't really get the John Cena hate. Do you know why John Cena's back? Nine times out of ten, John Cena is back to put over the younger talent. John Cena is back this year to help get Austin Theory to the next level. John Cena is back this year to give Austin Theory a WrestleMania match that he will remember when he himself retires. John Cena is back to help the WWE get Austin Theory to a place where he will be looked at as the face of the company when John Cena is no longer able to do this anymore. When Roman Reigns is not there anymore, you are going to be looking at guys like Austin Theory who are going to be at the top of the card. That's why John Cena's back. John Cena wants nothing but the best for WWE. John Cena wants to see the company thrive. John Cena wants to see the company continue on for the next 20 years while he goes off and does Hollywood. He wants to leave the WWE in a better place when he no longer can do this. That's why he was back tonight. That's why he's in this match with Austin Theory for the United States Championship at WrestleMania. And it's going to be a banger match. It is going to be the third most anticipated match of the entire weekend for myself. Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Usos, number one. Roman, Cody, number two. And John Cena, Austin Theory, number three. If you expected me to say Brock Lesnar and Omas, you clearly don't know who I am. I will be in the bathroom taking a fucking nice steaming dump while that match is taking place. I could go back anytime and hit rewind and see what I missed for the first two minutes of the match, which will probably be the exact length of the match itself. John Cena being back is tremendous. What he did tonight was tremendous. John Cena still, to me, is absolutely one of the greatest of all time. I don't know how anybody doesn't think he's the GOAT with what he did tonight. Tremendous stuff. He made Austin Theory look like a fucking rookie. And Austin Theory in all... In all sense, is a rookie, but there's not many people that could go toe-to-toe with John Cena on the microphone. I mean, Roman Reigns couldn't even do it. Roman Reigns now could probably do it, but it took a few years for Roman to get where he is now. John Cena and anybody else in the ring with a microphone, more than likely that's going to John Cena. Pretty easily. Austin Theory stood no chance. And they made, and the funny thing is, and I'll mention this again later, you know, the build. A lot of people are probably asking, well, where's the build? I'd be the first person to tell you where the build is. Where is the build? Where is the story? Uh, Austin Theory has been calling out John Cena and making John Cena little innuendos and fucking comments over the last several months. This match was supposed to take place at SummerSlam. And now we're getting it at WrestleMania. I don't give a shit what the story is. What they did in 15 minutes tonight sold me on the fucking match for WrestleMania, and it's going to be tremendous. They did more. You know, the funny thing is, when people ask, oh, what is the story with John Cena and Austin Theory? They did more in 15 minutes than WWE has done at all with both women's championships and the matches at WrestleMania combined. 
They did more with John Cena and Austin Theory in 15 minutes than Tony Khan did with a lot of the feuds going on that culminated at Revolution last night. That's how good John Cena is. That's how great John Cena is. I'm very much looking forward to that match. It's going to be tremendous. And then Becky Lynch, Lita, the new tag team champions. Who cares? I know I don't. They have Trish Stratus on their side. And the rumors about a potential triple threat match between Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler, Becky Lynch, Lita, and Damage Control. All of that still could possibly happen. But as of tonight, the match is official. Six-woman tag team match. Becky, Lita, and Trish teaming up together to take on Damage Control. Bailey, EO, and Dakota Kai. Seth Rollins and Logan Paul had a fucking absolute banger segment tonight. We'll go over that. And other than that, I couldn't really tell you what I gave a shit about on Monday Night Raw outside of those WrestleMania segments. Other than that, the show kind of felt flat to me. They didn't really give you anything else on this night. But Vince McMahon was back. Vince McMahon was backstage. We'll talk about why he was backstage and what the rumor is about him being backstage. Him sporting apparently a brand new mustache. Maybe he was in disguise. Maybe he thought he could get away by walking in the back, disguising himself by growing out a mustache. I don't know. We'll talk about it tonight on OTS, man. we got a lot to get into, and I appreciate you guys joining me on the podcast tonight. we got 2,700 people in the venue tonight, man. That is, that is music to my ears, man. Thank you for being here. If you missed the podcast last night, Jesse and, Jesse and I were live until about 2.30, 2.45 in the morning on your Monday mornings talking AW Revolution, which will probably go down as one of the best shows of the entire year. It may go down as the best show of the entire year. Absolutely banger, banger, banger show by Tony Khan and AEW. Highlighted by one of the best main events that I've ever seen. MJF and Brian Danielson in the greatest Iron Man match of all time. Yes, it was better than Brett Shawn. Yes, it was better than Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle. Yes, it was better than John Cena and Shawn Michaels. It was tremendous fucking television. Unbelievable. If you missed that review, go and check that out. It's on the homepage. What do I got coming up this week, man? I'm a man that doesn't stop. We were live on Saturday for episode 467. Go check that shit out. Talking about Bray Wyatt and Brock Lesnar. Bray Wyatt turned down by Brock Lesnar. Brock said, fuck off with your puppets. The real reason why Omos and Brock Lesnar was made. I rant on Bill Goldberg. WWE might have... Literally nobody to sell the company to after Endeavor seemingly has now dropped out of the race to buy WWE. All that's on the Saturday show. Go check that out. We were live for Revolution. I'm live tonight with Raw. I'll be live tomorrow night with NXT Roadblock. Yeah, I'm covering NXT tomorrow night. Why? Because I expect Dragon Lee to show up on NXT tomorrow night. And I'm curious to see what they do with Shawn Michaels and Grayson Waller. Plus, Mako and Roxanna wrestling 
And I'd like to see those two ladies go at it as well. So I'll be covering Roadblock tomorrow night. So please make sure you guys join me tomorrow night. Wednesday, Jesse and I will be live for AEW Dynamite and the Fallout Show from Revolution. Thursday, I'll be live with your midweek news and rumors on Off the Scripts. I got a busy week coming up, guys. Busy, busy week. Friday, I will not be live. Friday for SmackDown, I will not be live. Saturday, we'll be doing SmackDown. Because Friday, I will be doing House of Glory from the NYC Arena. Is it going to be on Fight TV? I'm not really sure. I'm not sure that you guys really care anyway. But I'll be in the NYC Arena doing House of Glory with the Sala Monster. So that is the week coming up. Make sure you guys follow me on social media, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell. For all notifications, Super Chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out with our cold beverages at the end of the show. Hit that join button if you want to become a VIP channel member right here on Off The Script. My Mother's Basement's coming soon, and we are going VIP only for the debut night of My Mother's Basement. Also, you guys get emotes and badges, bunch of cool shit. You guys actually get an inside look of My Mother's Basement already when you become a channel member. So sign up. Some great little perks there. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped.com. You guys are going to use code SCRIPT20 at checkout to save 20% off and get free shipping. They got the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit, man. Love it. Manscaped.com. Code SCRIPT20 at checkout to save 20% off and free shipping on Manscaped. Vince McMahon. Let's talk about Vince McMahon, bro. Oh, 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 J.D. Vince is living in his head, bro. Vince lives rent-free in J.D.'s head. (laughs) Cody, I'd love to ask you a question, Cody. I'm sorry, I had to get out of my system. Every time I do the voice, man, I just, oh, I cringe. Sorry. Vince McMahon. He was backstage during Monday Night Raw tonight. What was he doing there? I don't know. What was Vince McMahon doing backstage, man? I don't know. What, what is he doing backstage, man? What is he doing backstage? WWE talent. Apparently reached out to Fightful that they had eyes on Vince McMahon backstage during Monday Night Raw. Several indicated to Fightful that Vince looked different backstage. Did he come dressed in a fucking Halloween costume? Did he come dressed in disguise so nobody would see him backstage? Really? Vince looked different. How did he look different? Did he get more plastic surgery? Does he look more like the walking dead than ever before? How did he look different? Of course he looks different. He's got a pen and a fucking paper underneath him writing the show. Of course he looks different. It was later then told to Fightful that Vince had dyed his hair and was sporting a little mustache. Maybe Vince is getting into the porn business. Maybe the banger bros is a legitimate thing. I don't know. Talent do not know why he was there and we're not briefed about it. 
It's worth noting that since Vince retired, Vince has visited John Cena multiple times outside of WWE. PW Insider reported tonight that the reason why Vince McMahon was there was because he was meeting with John Cena tonight. Cena is appearing, obviously, on Monday Night Raw tonight with Austin Theory, which happened. And one talent said that's why Vince could be there. Sure thing, man. Yeah, Vince is there to meet with John Cena, man. It was confirmed to Fightful that McMahon was there spending time with John Cena, and they were seen together by several talent. Fightful then said they reached out to WWE in a official capacity, and WWE has not reached back out. So, before everybody gets riled up about Vince McMahon being back, I don't know if he remained there at the show. I don't know if he left the arena before Raw started. I don't know. Maybe, maybe really Vince McMahon wanted to catch up with John Cena. Maybe that's the legitimate reason why he was there. Maybe. I don't want to make a big deal about it, but, you know, John Cena and Vince McMahon, they're very good friends. Maybe he just wanted to catch up with his old buddy, man. I don't know. Don't we have this thing called a mobile device? Telephone, iPhone, Android, Google, Pixel, something along those lines. We, we don't have uh, the uh, current technology where we can just pick up a device and say, hey, bro, how you doing, man? Would you like to go out for a salad and a couple of drinks? We don't have the technology to do something along those lines or pick up the phone and fucking type in a couple of words and send the text message with a nice little fucking emoji. We don't have that type of technology where John Cena and Vince McMahon can communicate. John Cena and Vince McMahon, no, got to be backstage in the WWE on Monday Night Raw. Seen some people on my Twitter wall claiming, oh, well, it's his company, man. It's his company. <laughs> I don't give a fuck whose company it is. Yes, it's Vince McMahon's company. No shit, dipshit. As dumb as Ryan Satin is most of the people defending Vince McMahon. No shit, it's his company. Wow, man. Oh, listen. It's not going to be his company for long if he sells it to the Saudis. No shit, it's his company. The thing that bothers me is this man has zero lack for moral. There's no morals coming out of Vince McMahon or coming off of Vince McMahon. It's sad. It's pathetic. The thing is, you let this man creep back in in situations like this, he's going to take the fucking little piece of pie and expect the whole fucking thing eventually when it's all said and done. You give him a bite, he wants the whole slice. You give him a slice, he wants the whole fucking pie. I don't trust Vince McMahon. I don't know why you would either, and I don't know why there are people vehemently Defending this guy to the death as if they own WWE stock and they're looking to make millions off of a WWE sale. You don't own stock. Vince doesn't give a shit about you and you're a fucking idiot. There should be nobody defending this man in any aspect at all. What don't you understand? We were told as a general consensus 
that this man is back simply and only to sell the company. That means he should not be backstage. That means he should not be mingling with the talent. That means he has no sight over creative. That means nothing. But you want me to sit here and read this fucking report and that you want me to sit here and think that this is not yet another step in the long fucking process of Vince McMahon being back in charge and taking over completely and fully once again. Nobody's talking about how this is a bad look. I don't give a fuck who the fuck is backstage. John Cena, Steve Austin, The Rock. I don't care. Stamford, Connecticut is what? How many How many hours from Boston? You're on your way to Boston. You're passing fucking Stanford on I-95. Go visit him at Titan Tower. He doesn't need to be backstage at Monday Night Raw. But you want me to sit here and believe that this isn't just a long string of incidences that will eventually lead Vince McMahon to being back in power. First, he was never going to be allowed to have any fucking control over anything. Then we see the board of directors completely demolished. He's now the head of the board of directors. He fired three of them. Two of them quit. He hired Michelle Wilson and George Barrios to be fucking yes men and yes women on his side. They voted him unanimously to be away. Then all of a sudden, all those people that voted unanimously, no, now all of a sudden you voted unanimously yes for him to be back. He swung the power of the board of directors in his favor. He's back on the board. Then we say, oh, yeah, that's fine. The communities they're not looking at it in, in any negative way at all. Then we hear he's not going to be involved in day-to-day. He's not going to be involved in creative. Then we find out that he's booking Omos and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. And I would bet my fucking bank account that he's booking Bobby Lashley and Bray Wyatt. I'd also suspect he has something to do with Lita and Trish Stratus being back on the show. I would also suspect he's helping book Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns. We were told all these things. And now you want me to believe, ah, yeah, he's just there to visit John Cena. Give me a fucking break. Absolutely not. Oh, but JD's only there to visit John Cena. Yes, he was only there to sell the company as well. And the only reason why he's back is to sell the company. Meanwhile, he's booking matches at WrestleMania. Triple H admitted that he talks to Vince every day about creative. He took back the head of the board of directors and swung the board of directors completely in his power. No, but he's just there to visit John Cena. Bullshit. Bullshit. Him being back is just one of those things that is going to be looked back on And he will be back in power. And when it happens, when it happens, I want to see how many fucking people continue to tell me that Vince McMahon is living rent-free in my head. When it happens, just like everything else that I fucking called, I'll be sitting here telling you, I told you so. Vince McMahon has no fucking business being backstage in WWE in any capacity. He has nothing to do with the show. He has nothing to do with the roster. And Nick Khan went on multiple fucking podcasts and interviews claiming that the only reason why Vince is back is to facilitate a sale of the company. So why doesn't he just stick to that? I don't give a shit if he owns the company. He's got one thing to do, and it's not be backstage in WWE. Monday Night Raw. 
Every time you get me started on Vince McMahon, my, my blood pressure just goes through the roof. It's ridiculous. It's not right. It's not right. Nobody's looking at it the way I'm looking at it, and I hate that. You have to worry. Just look at his track record from December till now. For all we know, he's already made a sale with the Saudis, and he's brought on investors and J.P. Morgan Chase to fucking gauge interest from other people to see if they could make a better offer. For all we know, the deal with the Saudis is already complete. That's the next thing I'm waiting for. They just announced King and Queen of the Ring in Saudi Arabia. Boy, would that be a great fucking time to announce. The sale of the company is now going to the Saudis. Monday Night Raw. We started off with Kevin Owens and Solo Sokoa. This was a match that was made coming out of Friday Night SmackDown. No reason why Solo Sokoa was going to lose any matches. Kevin Owens was not going to pin Solo Sokoa here. There was a report going around today that WWE has major plans for Solo Sokoa and that Triple H is going to continue to book him strong and the theory behind booking Solo Sokoa is for an eventual match with Roman Reigns. Now, I don't know what that means, but that's what the internal report said. I don't know how likely that is. Uh, That's going to be very interesting when that time comes. Is there going to be a bloodline after WrestleMania? Is Roman Reigns still going to be around at that time? We don't know. We don't know. So Solo Sokoa right now, Big, big plans in place for Solo by Triple H. And it's going to be one of those things where, you know, the bloodline, I said it, man, the bloodline after Roman is gone, one of those guys is going to take the reins legitimately and take the spot that Roman right now is currently occupying. This was a very good match. You know, Kevin Owens can do no wrong, honestly, with me anyway. I'm sure the same thing with you guys. Uh, Kevin Owens can do no wrong. Owens attacked Sokoa before the match, but Sokoa was beating him down, threw him into the ring post. Referee started the match once they hit the ring. Sokoa cut him off, took control again after Owens tried to make a little bit of a comeback. Owens came back with a clothesline, sent on clothesline to the outside, knocking Solo to the outside. Jimmy Uso ran out to distract Kevin Owens, so Solo brought him down from the top rope with a slam and followed with a running hip attack. Sokoa hit another running hip attack, this time against the barricade on the outside. Sokoa is in control. Hit a Samoan drop, but Owens dodged the big Uso splash in the corner. Hit a big DDT. Sokoa blocked Kevin Owens' stunner before Owens knocked Jimmy off the apron. This did not bode well for Kevin Owens because Jimmy, after a super kick, cannonball, and a senton by KO, On Solo, Jimmy got in the ring and attacked Kevin Owens for the disqualification. So Kevin Owens beats Solo Sokoa via DQ. Solo was not pinned in this match. Protecting Solo once again is uh, Triple H doing here with Solo. So after this, Owens was beat up. Bloodline attacked Owens after the match. Crowd chanted for Sami Zayn. They were about to put Kevin Owens through a table, but Sami Zayn sprinted out of the crowd, jumped the barricade, and attacked both Solo and Jimmy Uso. Crowd 
was insane for Sami Zayn. Big, big, big Sami chance. Sami grabbed a chair, but the bloodline bailed through the crowd as Sami kind of warded off the bloodline here, minus Jay and Roman on Monday Night Raw. Owens is in the ring looking at this shit. Sammy gets in the ring, and he's looking over at Kevin Owens sitting in the corner, and he extends his hand to help Kevin Owens up, and Kevin Owens rolls out of the ring once again, denying Sammy Zayn's help against the bloodline. Crowd in Boston once again booed Kevin Owens. They're really, really laying it on thick. They're really laying it on, man. They want to drag this out. They want that handshake to really come at the last possible second when it's absolutely dire time. And maybe that link is Cody. Maybe. You know? We're going to get Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso back together. Solo is a fucking monster. Cody's now backing Sammy. Maybe all Kevin Owens needed to see was that, you know, Sammy is not alone in this fight. Cody Rhodes is now backing Sami Zayn. Maybe, maybe Cody coming out there is the catalyst to give Kevin Owens that thought, hey, if Cody believes in Sammy, then I could be just that same way as well. And I guarantee you we're getting that six-man tag at some point, whether it's happening uh, on the Friday coming up, or we're going to get that on the next week's shows or the go-home show, it's coming. That's going to be tremendous in itself. It's going to be a great final self, great final push to WrestleMania, but they're really milking this, this Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn reunion on WWE television. It's going to be great when it happens. It's going to be great when it happens, and I'm very much looking forward to it. But maybe Cody is that catalyst to get all that, you know, kind of mulling around in Kevin Owens' head. Maybe he's the one that says, hey, if Cody could do it, I could be there as well to help my best friend. Bobby Lashley. I don't really care to see Bobby Lashley. Every time we see Bobby Lashley, I'm just reminded of how awful Bray Wyatt and this story is. We saw clips of last week's muscle man dance by Bray Wyatt. And then Uncle Howdy attacking Bobby Lashley on Friday Night SmackDown, disappearing into the darkness with, once again, another wasted week of no progression of storyline. Lashley spoke backstage, and he addressed Bray Wyatt. He says he's tired of the little kid games. Really now? You and me both, Bob. He's tired of the little kid games and asked what it would take for Wyatt to face him like a man. The creative for this shit sucks. I'm over it. This is all they got tonight. This entire segment, Lashley said, I'm tired of the little kid games. Face me like a man. That was legitimately all the TV time they dedicated to Bobby Lashley and Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt could not even be bothered to show up on television. I don't know who is interested in this match. This match is turning more people off by the week in droves. How many people How many people here agree and how many people feel the same way that I do about Bray Wyatt? I don't know how you go from the hottest act in the company with one of the most tremendous returns ever 
the reaction that he got, absolutely fucking crazy. The viral campaigns, the white rabbit, the QR codes, the fucking text messages and the voice messages that we had to uncover and all the little details and the fucking, the little clues that he left us. And now we're looking at this. And now we're looking at Bobby Lashley and Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt has got the easiest fucking schedule I have ever seen. You know, people talk about MJF wrestling eight times a year. Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns being part-time. I mean, who's got it better than Bray Wyatt? Who? The man's wrestled one match in five months. I get that Bray Wyatt's creative. I get that he's got a lot of creative juices flowing up in his head. But one match in five months, six months, that is unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. You either get in the ring or get the fuck out. Do you want to be a pro wrestler? Or do you want to be a fucking movie star? Do you want to be a pro wrestler? Or do you want to be somebody that does hocus pocus fucking horror movie shit? Go and do that somewhere else and leave the pro wrestling to the fucking people that want to be on the TV show and give me episodic television that is going to be consistent with fucking pro wrestling mixed in. Because I'm not getting it from Bray Wyatt. I don't know why I need to invest in Bray Wyatt when Bray Wyatt doesn't invest in us. He gives us nothing. Yet you want me to be excited about Bobby Lashley and Bray Wyatt knowing that Bobby Lashley was never meant to be the plan for Bray Wyatt going into WrestleMania. This match was made three weeks ago by the hands of Vince McMahon. Nobody will be able to convince me of that otherwise. We go from all these months, long-term planning, we were told, about Bray Wyatt to fucking Bobby Lashley. That's all they got was 60 seconds for Bobby Lashley on Monday Night Raw. Who cares? Are we going to get Bray on Friday? Are we going to get Bray actually speaking like a human being on Friday? Or are we going to have another wasted week where nothing happens and I'm supposed to be invested in a match that has legitimately no build, no story? The muscle man dance. If that's what you want me to be invested in, tell me why Bray Wyatt is calling Bobby Lashley out for being muscle man. I don't need to hear it. I said this on Saturday on OTS 467. I don't need to hear it from some pimply face fucking teen geek in his bedroom while his mother tells him to go to sleep early because he's got school tomorrow coming up with ideas about why Bray Wyatt could potentially be feuding with Bobby Lashley. I want to hear it from Bray, not some fucking geek who's a super fan of Bray Wyatt. Shit sucks. Byron Saxton, he interviewed Carmella backstage about, about facing Bianca Belair this evening. Carmella said Adam Pearce gave her this match to get her out of his non-existent hair. She said if Pearce was any good at his job, this would be a number one contenders match, match so she could win and be added to WrestleMania. Chelsea Green then walked up to Carmella. She was in the right city this week. Chelsea Green walked up to Carmella, and they are quickly becoming very good friends and found some common ground over their feelings for Adam Pierce. They don't like Adam Pierce. 
Pierce was shown looking at his phone as he approached both ladies. But when he saw them, he turned and left. He wanted nothing to do with them. Green then told Carmella that maybe they should go above Adam Pierce's head and speak to his superior to get the WrestleMania title match changed. Carmella said she liked that and then invited Chelsea Green to be in her corner tonight against Bianca Belair. Green accepted and was excited. So I like the dynamic here between Chelsea Green and Carmella. Uh, this could be uh, a very good pairing for the two. But outside that, I mean, I don't really care otherwise. This is another thing that I'm genuinely concerned about. They've been going on and on and on about Chelsea Green and how she's acting and she's going to go above Adam Pierce and go to his manager. Yet we've seen nothing of Chelsea Green outside of the same shtick for weeks now since the Royal Rumble. It's either shit or get off the pot with these acts. Same thing with Bray Wyatt. Get him in the ring. He needs to wrestle. Same thing with Chelsea Green. I want to see more of her instead of just all character work because I know she can go. Maybe WWE setting them up for a tag team run. They have no tag teams in that women's division. Maybe we're looking at the next tag team in the women's division randomly paired together. I don't know. Very difficult for me to care. Bianca Belair versus Carmella. This went about nine minutes. Not bad. I just can't find myself to care about anything with Bianca Belair right now. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I just find her to be boring. There's nothing. Bianca Belair as Raw Women's Champion. You can dislike my opinion on this and you can think however you want. She's done absolutely nothing since her feud with Alexa Bliss. And even that was a waste of my time. Bianca Belair's run as Raw Women's Champion has become so stagnant and stale that I'm looking at this match with Asuka and I'm struggling to find any story at all. And I'll touch on that in a second. She went one-on-one with Carmella, went about nine minutes. Green was out there with Carmella. Looked like she wanted to intervene here and attack Belair. So Belair invited her into the ring and immediately tossed her out of it. Belair threw Chelsea Green into the timekeeper's area. Carmella tried to catch her off guard by using a cradle and use a leverage pin. But Belair kicked out, went right for the KOD, and that was enough for the win. One, two, three. Bianca Belair wins with the KOD on Carmella. After the match was over, the heels attack Belair post-match, but stopped because Asuka's theme music played and she ran out. Asuka went to go blow mist on Carmella's face, but she ducked and Chelsea Green got hit with the mist instead. And both of those ladies bailed as Bianca and Asuka looked at each other. Asuka's got this blue fucking shit all over her teeth, dripping down her chin. Bianca is looking at Asuka. Asuka's looking at Bianca smiling. They both look up at the WrestleMania logo. Bianca, like a dumbass, points up at the WrestleMania logo again. And that's the way the segment comes to a close. So, where's the story here? Asuka won the Elimination Chamber. She's the number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania, the biggest show of the year. Where is the actual story 
for the Raw Women's Championship is the story that Asuka and Bianca Belair point at the sign, and whoever points at the sign best is the favorite to win this match. Is that the story? Who points at the WrestleMania logo best on a weekly basis? How much of that blue shit can dribble down Asuka's chin on a weekly basis? Maybe that's the story. Or better yet, maybe we get Asuka and Bianca Belair teaming up going into a match with Chelsea Green and Carmella on the road to WrestleMania. And the story is, can they coexist? You mean to tell me Vince McMahon isn't booking Monday Night Raw? I swear on my fucking grandfather's grave. If this shit leads to Bianca Belair and Asuka teaming up in a can they coexist story, that would also imply Vince McMahon is running this feud and booking this feud going into WrestleMania. I find it very difficult to believe that Triple H has zero story for Asuka going into WrestleMania. Wow, Triple H put a lot of effort giving Asuka a brand new look, brand new theme, brand new attitude, changing Asuka completely from what Asuka was under Vince McMahon, only for Asuka to stand there like a fucking dumbass. <laughs> She's got blue shit dribbling down her fucking chin. Where's the story? Seems like Asuka is reverting back into what she was under Vince McMahon. I don't believe it. I don't believe that this is the best that Triple H has for Asuka. I don't. If this is the best that Triple H has, then I am a fucking fool. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. This shit sucks. You know, you know I, I hyped up this WrestleMania card with these matches. I predicted half of this fucking card two months ago. Getting everybody excited. The more and more I watch this show, the less I'm excited for these actual matches. Where's the story? Where's the story between Rhea Ripley and Charlotte? There is none. You got to go back three fucking years to go find the goddamn fucking story. Meanwhile, they've done nothing to enhance what happened three years ago on current television. There's only words back and forth via promos and vignettes and fucking all this other shit. Meanwhile, there's nothing physically happening between any of these competitors on TV. And this is the biggest show of the year. I'm sorry. If you enjoy Bianca's work, God bless you. I think she's fucking great. But she is boring, she is stagnant, she is stale, there's no story here. And Asuka, I mean, if Asuka and Bianca is going to be a match at WrestleMania, I said this about the Bucks and the House of Black on the stream with Jesse last night. There needs to be a story. You can't count on the match being great and then wash your hands of it and, and be done with it. There's got to be a reason Oh, but she won the chamber. That's all the reason you need. You got how many fucking writers backstage working for this company, and that's the best you got? I don't believe it. I don't believe it. 
Sami Zayn. He was in the back. He found Kevin Owens in the back. Sami Zayn told him that the bloodline was too much for them as individuals. Zayn says this wasn't a ploy to make everything okay between them again. He knew it would take more than this, but Owens had to listen to him when he says they have to fight the bloodline together. Zayn knew how dangerous they were because he was a part of the bloodline. Owens is like, yeah, I know you were a part of the bloodline. I remember it very well and reminded Zayn what he did to him in this very arena. This was the same arena where Survivor Series was held, the TD Garden in Boston. Owens made it clear, I don't want to do this with you. Owens suggested Zayn go back to Roman Reigns. Either way, Owens didn't care what Zayn had to say and told him to leave him out of it. Again, they're really piling it on. They're really egging it on with Kevin Owens denying Sami Zayn left and right. Ms. TV, we got a Logan Paul, Seth Rollins, Ms. TV segment. This was excellent. The Miz is a jobber, but this was excellent. Miz stood in the middle of the ring. He's going to moderate the Seth and Logan exchange with the utmost professionalism, he said. So Logan Paul came out. Seth then came out. Fans are singing his song, going crazy. Rollins was as over as I've ever heard in this TD Garden Tonight. So Seth, he's on the microphone. He says they've had run-ins, but haven't been formally introduced. Logan took some digs at Seth and says he's already better that than him at his own profession. So Logan Paul is saying that he's a better pro wrestler than Seth Rollins. He says he doesn't blame Seth for not liking him because of that. Seth says people don't like Logan because he's a coward and a troll and a fraud and what do they call it? A human dumpster fire. We don't want you in our house, he yelled. Seth says he's done talking and wants to fight. All of a sudden, we get this loud, fuck you, Logan, chant. And you could absolutely audibly hear the, mi the uh, microphone on the crowd, the volume on the crowd being turned down to a point where you couldn't even hear it anymore. They didn't blank it out. You heard it word for word what they were saying. But man, WWE, I hate, I absolutely hate when they sterilize their audience, man. It, 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 again, it's not something that I really want to see when I'm watching professional wrestling. The crowd is the most important aspect of the fucking show. And you're silencing the crowd on cable TV. It's not even Fox it's not even basic television. It's USA Network. I don't understand why we're blanking out fuck you Logan chance when this is exactly the type of heat that Logan Paul should be relishing. This is exactly the type of heat that he should be getting. Logan Paul should be fucking happy. He showed up on Monday Night Raw tonight and got that type of reaction, yet they want to dumb it down and sterilize it and pretend like it never fucking happened. I don't like that. I don't like it. PG. It's PG, JD. It's PG. So what? So fucking what? There are things said on shows that 
get filtered through. You watch one of your favorite fucking shows, man. An F-bomb is thrown out there. They don't bleep it out. Dick, pussy, prick, shit like that is said on some shows that I watch. They don't blank it out. Meanwhile, WWE can't handle a couple of fuck you Logan chants. They got to turn the volume down. So, Seth says, we don't want you in our house. Seth says he's done talking, wants to fight. Miz says, well, I'm the moderator, and it's up to me if anyone fights. Logan then interrupted and says he shouldn't speak for him. I don't know about Seth, but Logan says he doesn't want anybody to speak for him. He then says, I'm a premium act, and I won't fight for free, especially here in Boston. He said if the stage was bigger and the money was bigger and there was more star power, he would absolutely consider it. So he turns around. He looked at the WrestleMania sign. Miz says he's the host of WrestleMania, and he could make Seth vs. Logan an official match for the event. Seth asked what he's waiting for. Go back and make the match. Go back and talk to who you got to talk to. He then threw Miz out of the ring to go get it done. Logan then knocked Seth over from behind. He went for a curb stomp. Seth moved. Seth shoved Logan into the corner of the ring. Miz intervened. Seth ended up super kicking the Miz. Logan then knocked Seth down with a big roundhouse punch, and he let out a big yell in celebration as Seth was knocked out face first. Logan then was bent over, took the microphone, and said, Hey, bunny, uh, bunny, hey, buddy, when you wake up, let me know about WrestleMania. Oh, and one more thing. Bye-bye, bitch. He drops the microphone. So... I thought this was great. I thought this set up the match great. I thought the intensity from Seth Rollins was there. I loved how completely obnoxious Boston was for Logan Paul. I loved how Logan Paul... You know, the one thing about Logan Paul, WWE tried to turn him into a babyface upon coming into the WWE when he signed that big contract. WWE finally got it right with Logan Paul. This is the type of role that he needs to be in. This is the type of role that he's going to thrive in. This is just natural Logan Paul. And he came off and he he looked great. He sounded great. And you know what? He's not there every week. You know, Logan Paul with The Miz, when he was on TV with Miz and Rey Mysterio, he kind of got a little rattled. Logan Paul did not show any hesitation at all, and he did not look rattled at all. He looked great. Sounded great. I'm excited for this match. This honestly could be the match that steals the entire WrestleMania weekend. If given the opportunity, Seth Rollins and Logan Paul could steal WrestleMania weekend. And I think this is going to be a tremendous match for both guys, especially Seth. And imagine that, man. Logan Paul brought Roman Reigns to one of the best matches of the entire year. I should say Roman brought Logan Paul to one of the best matches of the entire year. But take nothing away from Logan Paul. He did everything he could in that match. He will be going in there against Seth Rollins and two out of the three members of the Shield he's going to have absolute banger matches with. Great. Looking forward to it. They went over the Omos and Brock Lesnar announcement with MVP last week. You know, the match that Vince McMahon booked for WrestleMania. Told you. Told you it was going to be the case. We got... Vince McMahon back in charge of something on this show. 
Dolph Ziggler versus the mighty Nigerian giant. Dolph Ziggler's entrance took longer than the actual match with Omos tonight. One minute. Big boot, double arm slam, that was it. Thank you for coming, Dolph. Hopefully the paycheck was worth it. MVP spoke afterwards alongside Omos and said, Omos will tame the beast at WrestleMania. The only thing I could think of here is they're going to give Omos some very, very quick, decisive victories leading to WrestleMania because I think it's pretty well known and apparent that Omos is not beating Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Why do you think Bray Wyatt was given the answer of no from Brock Lesnar? Because Bray knew that if he wrestled Wyatt, more than likely he'd have to lose. Bray Wyatt... And anybody is a fucking nightmare because of the way Bray Wyatt operates. He doesn't wrestle, and he can't lose. Not under the current shtick that he's got going on. Brock Lesnar may be the smartest man in all of WWE for what he told Bray Wyatt. No, fuck off. I don't give a shit about you or your puppets. So why do you think he took the match with Omas? A, Vince McMahon said so. B, Little to no work, no effort for Brock Lesnar involved. And C, he gets a nice easy win over someone that doesn't matter. Tell me when I am telling lies. You can't. You can't. Bathroom break if I ever saw one. Omos and Brock Lesnar. Who gives a shit? Vince McMahon back at it again with the Maximum Male Models tonight. They were discussing Otis and the it factor that Otis has. Baron Corbin all of a sudden walked in and assumed they were talking about him. I was, uh, my attention was elsewhere during this match or during this segment. I'm going to let you guys know that about this segment. My, my attention was elsewhere during this segment. He says he's been on a losing streak lately, gambling. Marseille cut him off and says they were talking about Otis, not you, Corbin. They pointed at Otis and Chad Gable was down there with him. Corbin asked what Otis has that he doesn't. Mansois listed some key traits, including hair. Maxine Dupree said Corbin can be of value to them by solving an issue that they seem to have. She sent him after the short, ugly one. She said if he gets rid of Gable, they'll consider him as a client for MMM. So, I'm trying to, I'm really trying, I'm, listen, I'm really trying hard to, to not, yeah, Snowy Pill, you know what I'm talking about, bro. Good on you, man. Yes, glorious. Um, I'm really trying hard to uh, not put my conspiracy theory cap on here. But, uh, I mean, 
A lot of things are just adding up to the Wrestle Votes report. I, I, I don't think that Vince is merely in charge of just Omos and, and Brock Lesnar. I, I mean, this, this, this has Vince McMahon written all over it. All over it. Don't know why they're on TV. As soon as Triple H took over, they were fucking goodbye. Get out. L.A. Knight, let me take him back and, and get rid of the rest of them. Now we got them on Monday Night Raw. They're on TV in this ridiculous storyline. Maxine Dupree calls Chad Gable the shorts ugly one. Now we're getting dialogue and words to describe Gable again as short. Why? This man is a fucking machine. Yet we're going back and calling him short and ugly now. You mean to tell me Vince McMahon's not back in some way, shape, or form? Baron Corbin, on the other hand, how, how bad does Baron Corbin look? How the mighty have fallen. He can't even... The, the maximum male models don't even want Baron Corbin. Begging for an opportunity with MMM is Baron Corbin, man. Holy shit. Heyman was backstage with Jimmy Uso... Solo was standing to the side. No real expression there. Heyman said Jimmy is the one who will make sure the tribal chief never has to hear the name Sami Zayn again. He said if Jimmy fails, the tribal chief will blame him. Well, we know how that went tonight, huh? Johnny Gargano came out with Dexter Loomis. He went one-on-one with Finn Balor, who was out there with Damian Priest, Dominic Mysterio, and Rhea Ripley. I cannot fucking stand Johnny Gargano's remade theme of Rebel Heart. You know when something sucks when you hear it, especially if it's a redone version. I don't know why. They needed to get rid of the old Rebel Heart for this theme. This theme sucks. Whatever the fuck they did with this theme of Rebel Heart, it does not pack a punch at all, man. It does not hit the same. I don't know who's in charge of the WWE music, who's got a a musical ear in that company, but I don't know how you could listen to Johnny Gargano's music now and think it's better than the original. His old theme was perfect for him. I don't know what the fuck this is. This match was not bad. 10 minutes. Could have watched these guys go for 20. We're lucky we got 10. Johnny Gargano wins this one. And it's all because of Edge. Gargano hit a dive. Balor was in control. Gargano fired back, hit a spear for two. Balor hit a sling blade. Gargano came back with two super kicks. Went for a cover, gets a two count. Dominic tried to interfere as Rhea Ripley distracted the referee, but Gargano wiped him out with a dive. Damian Priest followed Gargano around ringside until Balor cut him off in the ring with a foot stomp and a drop kick. Balor went to the top rope. He was going for a coup de grace. Edge and his theme music hit. 
Priest and Ripley immediately ran up the stage or up to the stage, up the aisleway, up to the stage, and Edge never emerged from the curtain. He showed up from the announce desk from the crowd, and he knocked Balor off the top rope. This led Gargano to one final beat, his slingshot DDT over the top rope. And he pins Finn Balor, one, two, three. Priest tried to go after Edge, but Loomis knocked him down. Edge hit Balor with a spear and let him know that this is not over. WWE next week is hyping up Edge and Balor meet face-to-face. So I'm excited about that. Will we get some sort of stipulation added to the Balor-Edge match at WrestleMania? Because that is all but confirmed for WrestleMania. Johnny Gargano, man, you know, Johnny is excellent. Johnny Gargano is a fantastic in-ring performer. He, I don't know what they're doing wrong with him. All I could say is I hope after WrestleMania, we get some sort of focus on Johnny Gargano. Whether that focus is waiting for Tommaso Ciampa to come back and reform DIY, Maybe Johnny Gargano, I said this weeks ago, and I don't know why we aren't building towards that, and I hope that Triple H does have this in the back of his mind. I hope that Johnny Gargano, at the end of WrestleMania season this year, when we go into a brand new season, Raw after Mania, and Gargano is hopefully a focus, Johnny Gargano should be what Gunther is on SmackDown on Monday Night Raw. He's just that good. Gunther is getting over by his in-ring fucking... Prowess. He's getting over by his in-ring ability. Johnny Gargano, man, I've yet to see. The only time we've seen Johnny wrestling, Johnny fucking wrestling, show up is at the Elimination Chamber. Outside that, I I don't know where Johnny wrestling is. They haven't awoken the beast of Johnny wrestling yet. We, we, We used to call Johnny Gargano Johnny Takeover. Every single takeover. This match was having five star banger after banger after banger. That's the Johnny Gargano we need on Monday Night Raw. Where is he? What is holding him back? Is Vince holding him back? Is Vince stifling the momentum? Are they waiting for Gargano and Champa to be back together again? I don't know. I, I don't know. But Johnny Gargano really needs to take flight on Monday Night Raw. He's way too good to be this poorly booked. Only time will tell. Moving on. They announced King and Queen of the Ring in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, May 27th. AEW announced Double or Nothing that same weekend, May 28th. It's going to be a very busy wrestling weekend that weekend, man. I may have to uh, go into a fucking coma all day Saturday or all day Friday. To get my rest for that weekend, man. It's going to be crazy. I hate I hate when wrestling shows happen on national holidays. Like, I, I want to enjoy my Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, I got to cover King and Queen of the Ring. And I got to go do fucking double or nothing. I'm like, holy shit. No sleep. No rest for the weary, I guess, huh? Byron Saxton caught up to Edge with an interview backstage. And I can't wait to see what they say next week about their WrestleMania match. But Saxton interviewed Edge backstage. Edge says he and Balor are starting to affect each other's careers. And he doesn't have time for that. 
So it's time to solve the issue. He said next week he'll bring or he'll be in the ring to settle this. Let's see if you have the same stones, he says. Piper Niven. She went one-on-one with Nikki Cross. This legitimately went one minute. Vince McMahon was only back to see John Cena, though, I was told. Meanwhile, we got a one-minute match with Omos and Dolph Ziggler. We got a one-minute match with Nikki Cross and Piper Niven. You mean to tell me that Vince McMahon is not booking Monday Night Raw? Monday Night Raw and the way that it was formatted is completely different from what Triple H was doing back in August, September, and October. We are now diving into the Vince McMahon level of Monday Night Raw. One minute. One minute here, three minutes here, four minutes there, one minute there. One minute. How are these women supposed to get over in one fucking minute? They replayed Candice LeRae rolling up Niven for a win after Nikki Cross distracted her. Then a clip aired of Niven attacking LeRae backstage afterwards. Man, what a riveting fucking story. Kevin Patrick said LeRae has suffered a shoulder injury as a result. Nikki Cross loses to Piper Niven in one minute. Cross was firing with some shots, hit Niven with a drop kick. Cross went for a neck breaker, but Niven blocked it, landed a turning one-arm slam for a clean win, which looked like it was botched. There's no investment in Nikki Cross. There's no investment in Piper Niven. And the fact that WWE continues to book them in nonsensical, irrelevant, shit storylines, giving them 60 seconds on TV, how do you expect these women and its division to look good at the end of a Monday Night Raw? With 60 fucking seconds. Absolutely a waste of my time. I don't know why this was needed on the show. I don't. But they got three hours to book. Rick Boogs was backstage, legitimately trying to lift a truck. He says, if it had a handle, he could have done it. Elias walked up to him. Boogs was doing some power metal yell in Elias's ear. He said Elias's name and the way a power metal. Just picture fucking, uh, just picture, uh, I don't know, who's uh, Dio or, uh, or Dragon Force or somebody like that. You know, Rob Halford screeching in Elias's ear. So... Elias, said Boogs, has to get to the ring, get in the ring, and prove himself. He told him to go over and walk over to Bronson Reed and challenge Bronson Reed to a match. He pointed at Bronson chatting with somebody backstage. Boogs went over and talked to Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed walked up to Elias and said, So, I hear you want to fight me? It's your funeral next week. Boogs walked out smiling and said, I did it. Elias was upset that Boogs misunderstood what he said. And Elias said to Boogs, he has a lot to learn. Sounds like WWE is playing some WWE 2K23. And they're playing the career mode. And they're getting creative ideas and storylines 
for their actual performers from the goddamn video game. This entire segment reminded me of something you'd go through in a fucking 2K career mode. Hey, kid, go over to Bronson Reed and challenge him to a match. Let's see what you're made of. And then Bronson Reed comes over and challenges Elias to a match, and Elias tells Rick Boogs, you got a lot to learn. Again, I ask, if Vince McMahon is not booking the show, I'd love for you to bring me physical evidence that this isn't a Vince McMahon fucking segment. This shit is a waste of my time. I'm kind of contemplating why I didn't play Red Skies now in the beginning of the fucking live stream. Finally, what we came for. John Cena. John Cena comes out. He says nothing. Immediately, Austin Theory comes out. They're both in the ring. Crowd is hot. Crowd's loving Cena. Great environment. Austin Theory's in there. He told Cena that he's the reason. John Cena is the reason that he's a WWE wrestler. He said he used to watch Cena on his mom's TV. Was he in his mother's basement? I don't know. Austin Theory, once upon a time, hung out in his mother's basement. Says he has a gift for him, bigger than any movie he'll be in. Burn. He said that gift is a match with him at WrestleMania. Fans chanted, yes. Cena thought about it for a few seconds and then said, no. No. He says he's not interested in his gift because he hasn't earned the right to give it. He says he's been watching him from afar and listening to him. And quite honestly, I don't care. He said, just like every person in the arena, they don't care about Austin Theory. Theory said, well, that's not true. He says they don't care about him because they don't believe in him And John Cena told Austin Theory that he doesn't believe in himself. He says he's a generic kid wearing fancy sneakers, wearing sunglasses indoors. He says he's got nothing in that heart of his. And he's not talking to him from a high place. He pointed at a sign and said, or he pointed at a sign in in the crowd that said, Austin Theory is a John Cena wannabe. He said, guy, there's a John Cena sign in this crowd that says, Austin Theory is a John Cena wannabe. He says he's his ghost of Christmas future. He says he, in his ruthless aggression phase right now, is Austin Theory. And that phase almost got me fired, says John Cena. He says he didn't believe in himself and the opportunities he was given weren't enough. He says he has no heart and he has no soul And you're a pair of trunks away from being a jabroni. Cena says he wants to say something good to him, too. Can't all be negative. He says he has the best name in WWE history. He listed Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, The Undertaker. He said there is no name better than Austin Theory. Because that's exactly what you are, a theory. In theory, you should be great. He said he's everything a WWE executive looks for and everyone should be there to see him. He said no one cares at the end of the day. He said on behalf of Boston, they'd like to give him a gift. He told him to shut up, 
turn around and leave the ring, and we will let you walk out of here in one piece. Theory was obviously upset. He then looked up and said, I ain't going anywhere, just like that bald spot on your head isn't going anywhere either. Cena took off his, off his calf, and he showed off his bald spot, which was combed over. I'm proud of the senior circuit, baby, says John Cena. Theory says he makes everything so good. Everything sounds so good. But he looked around and saw shirts that say, never give up. He asked if Cena is saying he's giving up when he says no. He asked the fans if they want to see Cena at WrestleMania. The fans obviously cheered. He told them to shut up because your guy here said no. He said, what's... Once he realizes with Cena... Being a childhood hero is that you never want to meet your childhood heroes because all they do when you meet them is let you down and disappoint. Cena soaked up these words from Austin Theory, listening to Austin Theory say this shit to him. He said he'd better be bald, or he'd rather be bald, than have them pipe in fake crowd noise for his matches because no one cares. So John Cena basically exposed WWE for piping in fake crowd noises for people that aren't getting over. Burn. He says he's a dumb son of a bitch. I didn't say no because I gave up. I said no because you are not ready. Cena says he's putting his back against the wall. He said if they have a match at WrestleMania and he wins, Theory is done and he loses everything. He said if Theory beats him at WrestleMania, he also loses everything. He says he has to go on Raw the next day and face the most ruthless, critical audience in the WWE, and they will eat you alive. He says they see what he sees, that Austin Theory is full of shit. He says he has left him no choice because he brought the fans into it. He says he wants to know what Boston wants. Cena thanks his family for being there tonight because it means a lot to him, and he asks the fans, if they want to see him wrestle Austin Theory at WrestleMania, and obviously the fans chanted yes. So, Cena walked up to Theory at the end of this segment and said, he might not care about Theory, but he'll never let the fans down. He says, he made the biggest mistake of his life because this match is now on. He says he doesn't have it in his head, his heart, or his crotch, and he flicks his balls, does John Cena, he flicks Austin Theory's balls, popped him in the crotch. Theory flinched, and Cena says, you know what? You really need to work on that last bit, meaning the balls part. He dropped the microphone, left. Cena turns around, walked up the stage, looked at Austin Theory one last time, and said Theory isn't ready for the WrestleMania stage. He said Boston deserves to see someone who is. And then he introduced Cody Rhodes, who walked out in a suit, hugged, and shook John Cena's hand as Cody's music played. A lot of people were hanging on the part of John Cena saying that, I don't want to accept this match because you're not ready. You're not ready. If I beat you, says John Cena at WrestleMania, then you're done. You're finished. You lose everything. Then John Cena said, if you beat me, you're also done and you're finished. Because you got to go to Monday Night Raw and face that crowd on Monday. 
A lot of people were confused by that. Why did John Cena say if he wins or loses at WrestleMania that Austin Theory is dead and finished and done for? If Austin Theory beats John Cena, which I expect him to, and he shows up on Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania in front of that crowd on the Raw after Mania, why would he not be ready? Or why would he be done? John Cena is saying that when he beats the man, if he beats the man in John Cena, he's got to go on Monday Night Raw and face that audience. And John Cena is already telling Austin Theory that if you beat me, you got to face that crowd. And I know you're not ready for that moment. You're not ready for those people. You're not ready to be in that spotlight. And you don't know what to do with that moment. That's what John Cena was telling Austin Theory tonight. This was a tremendous segment. They made Austin Theory look like a chump out there in front of John Cena, but, I mean, no matter if it's Austin Theory, Roman Reigns before the Tribal Chief, no matter what, John Cena is going to make everybody look like a chump because John Cena is a legendary promo in pro wrestling. John Cena makes everything that he does feel important. John Cena makes everything that he's a part of feel like the biggest fucking deal in WWE, even now, at a part, part, part-time level. The only gripe I have with this match, the only problem I have with this match is the fact that WWE is putting the United States Championship on the line. Now, I think Austin Theory is going to soundly win. He's going to solidly get a victory over John Cena. That should be no one's concern. But if WWE came out tonight and said that this was just a one-on-one match without the United States Championship, I honestly think it would have put a little bit more unpredictability on the match. With the United States Championship on the line, it just makes it feel overly predictable. Even though it should be a great match, it makes it feel overly predictable that Austin Theory is definitely going to go into WrestleMania and beat John Cena. If the title wasn't on the line, I don't think, I don't think most of us are feeling that way. And it would feel like John Cena old. John Cena is going to go in there, and the possibility of him beating Austin Theory without the title on the line is a very big possibility. So, yes. Do I think the United States Championship should be on the line? No. I don't. This is basically about Austin Theory looking at his childhood hero, and he wants a WrestleMania moment with his childhood hero. Fine. That's enough for me. Normally, I'm the type of guy that is asking, where's the long-term booking, where's the story, and blah, blah, blah. John Cena did more in 15 minutes here with Austin Theory to sell me on this match, more so than we've gotten in any other match that is currently on the WrestleMania card. I'm okay with that. I thought this was a tremendous segment. Kathy Kelly interviewed Sami Zayn backstage about facing Jimmy in the main event. Sammy says he wishes he could say KO was just being stubborn, but he is right about what happened last time when they were in the TD Garden for war games. He said Jimmy once had his back, and now he's in charge of ending him. He says he won't let Jimmy end him because he isn't going anywhere until he sees the end of the bloodline. Chad Gable, one-on-one with Baron Corbin, two minutes. Chad Gable finally gets a victory over Baron Corbin, which is not really saying much of anything because Baron Corbin, I don't know who's worse, Baron Corbin or The Miz. Who's the biggest jobber on Monday Night Raw? Is it The Miz 
or Baron Corbin. Chad Gable wins in two minutes. Corbin avoided a moonsault by Gable, gave him a backbreaker. He gloated. This cost him. Gable applied an ankle lock, and Gable tapped out Baron Corbin. Goodbye. Chad Gable and Baron Corbin, two minutes. Omos and Dolph Ziggler, one minute. Piper Niven and Nikki Cross, one minute. Why are these matches going less than 60 seconds? Is what I want to know. Where's the wrestling on this show? We get some, we get something that, you know, these matches, the, the max we get is like 10 minutes. Something changed. Something changed in the execution of this show. Just letting you know. It does not feel like it used to. Moving on. Becky Lynch, Lita, they're out there. What is the rumor about Becky Lynch and Lita? The rumor was that Triple H is going to have twists. <coughs> Triple H. Maybe. Twists and turns for the women's tag team title match at WrestleMania. Why do we need twists and turns? The twist and turn already happened. Becky Lynch and Lita won the tag team championships. There's your twist. Now, Becky's out there saying that they're in Boston as new tag team champions of the world. Lita thanked Becky for the opportunity to team with her. She said there's an equalizer that they also want to thank, and Trish Stratus made her way out to the ring. Trish said she wouldn't have missed last week's match for the world. They were all interrupted by damage control. Bailey's out there saying that she'd love to steal others' spotlights if it means they can add to their trophy case. She said she sees right through all three of them. She got in their faces and called them all selfish. Bailey said Lita and Trish are the reason they're in the ring now, but they'll be the reason that Lita and Trish never come back. Trish said Bailey is good at interrupting, but not good at listening. She said she can quickly go from I'm retired to was retired. So she challenged them to a three-on-three match at WrestleMania, and Bailey said, we accept. Once again, and I want you guys to pay attention to this. Once again, Io Shirai or Io Sky and Dakota Kai were not happy with Bailey taking it upon herself to say yes to something that Dakota and Io did not have an opportunity to really discuss with Bailey. Bailey has gone over their heads on more than one occasion to make decisions for them without consulting them. This, I believe, is going to be a determining factor in where damage control sits on the main roster. We could be looking at the end of damage control at WrestleMania. Damage control is being damaged from within because of Bailey's greediness and Bailey's desire to be selfish for herself. Now, we thought that this was going to be a triple threat match with Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler being added. We could still get there. WWE said, or, or the report rather, said in regards to WWE that there will be twists and turns. Maybe the twists and turns where Lita and Becky winning the tag team championships, twists, and the turns, getting Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler involved. 
Now, I can't physically sit here and, and think WWE is going to leave Ronda Rousey off of the WrestleMania card unless she's really hurt, as reports are saying. But the reports said in regards to Ronda's injury that it's not serious enough to keep her off the WrestleMania card. I don't care either way. I don't care about Ronda either way. But it was either going to be one of two things. It was either going to be this six-woman tag team match or it was going to be the triple threat match with all three of these teams involved and Bailey was going to wrestle Trish Stratus one-on-one. This might be the more safer of the decisions, but there's something about a Bailey-Trish Stratus match one-on-one that is very intriguing to me. But maybe WWE doesn't trust Lita and Trish to be in the ring after so many years away one-on-one with somebody like Bailey to have it be a WrestleMania-worthy match. I'm thinking the logic behind this is this is more of a WrestleMania-worthy match and worthy of a WrestleMania performance, more so than just putting Lita and Becky in there against Ronda and Shayna and Damage Control and then leaving Bailey with Trish Stratus. I don't know. But again... This could still change. There is still three weeks to go before WrestleMania, and Ronda and Shayna could absolutely be added to this match. Jimmy Uso. He went one-on-one with Sami Zayn. This went 10 minutes. Main event. They played it out throughout the show. Where does KO lie? KO said no to Sami Zayn. Is Sami Zayn going to fight this alone? The bloodline is there in numbers. Started off with Jimmy and Solo. Where is Jey Uso? A lot of questions to be answered in this entire situation. So Sammy's out there by himself. Solo is with Jimmy. Zayn was in control. He booted Jimmy, hit a tornado DDT for a two count, flying crossbody for a two count. Jimmy tossed Zayn from the ring and tried distracting the referee, but the referee caught Solo setting up for a Samoan spike and ejected Solo from ringside. Zayn followed with a blue thunderbomb. Beautiful. Two count off the blue thunderbomb. Zayn then goes to the top rope. Came off the top rope, but Jimmy caught him with a super kick. Fans began, began cheering because they noticed Jay Uso running down the stairs in the crowd. He's running down the stairs in the crowd. Jay ran down to ringside, jumped the barricade, and climbed on top of the announce desk. He looked at Jimmy Uso. Jimmy Uso was very happy to see his brother. There was something going on there, the looks that they gave each other. I don't know what was going on there, but something was going on. Jay seemed encouraging to Jimmy. Jimmy smiled. But Jimmy was distracted. This allowed Sami Zayn to roll him up for a pinfall as he was looking on at his brother, just happy that his brother showed up on Monday Night Raw, hoping that he would make the right decision. Jay entered the ring. Sami Zayn rolled out of the ring. Jay is in the ring with Jimmy, and they had this little moment together where Jay was just kind of conflicted with himself, and he's going back and forth. He's pulling at Jimmy's shirt. And he's contemplating what his next move is going to be. He's pounding his chest. And it almost came off as if he wanted to tell Jimmy something, but the words could not come out of his mouth. Jay then left the ring. And Sammy was still in the aisleway, looking on at both of the Usos. 
Jay stands next to Sami Zayn. And they have a stare-off. Jay then tells Sami that he trusted him and gave him a hug and the entire arena in Boston popped insane for Jay Uso and Sami Zayn. Crowd started chanting, Usi, Usi. Jimmy looked absolutely heartbroken. Jay and Sammy held up the fingers, the ones. Crowd chanted, holy shit. Jay then backs up, and I'm saying to myself, it's coming, it's coming. I, this, even before that, even before the one and the hug, I, I'm like, there's, there's got to be a super kick in this fucking sequence somewhere. So Jay Uso, after the one and after the holy shit chant, backed up a little bit. Sammy looked over at Jay, and all of a sudden, he ate a fucking super kick. Sammy took this super kick. He was laying against the barricade. Jay screaming at Sammy. This was about family. You thought I was going to choose you. And he was beating the shit out of Sammy Zayn to the shock of fucking kids and fans in the front row. Everybody was like, oh, my God, what's going on? Usos, three on one against Sammy. Cody Rhodes ran down. The bloodline backed off. Cody stopped the beating on Sammy. And that's the way Monday Night Raw went off the air. Excellent closing angle. Excellent closing angle. Fans were legitimately upset by Jay's decision. Now, why wasn't it Kevin Owens? I don't know. I feel like Kevin Owens should have been the one to come out here and really make the save. I talked about this in the beginning. I honestly think WWE fucked up and really relinquished most of the heat. I won't say most of it, some of the heat, the right heat. It was fucking a beautiful scene to be had at the Elimination Chamber in Montreal if we got this played out then. WWE needed to play out this storyline on TV to build for the remaining five, six weeks, seven weeks going into WrestleMania. They needed to have some episodic television. So they strung you along with Jay, Uso, Jay Uso's decision and they're stringing you along with Kevin Owens' decision and his hesitation on joining Sammy and Jay Uso. Is he going to join Sammy? Is he going to join the bloodline? They played it out. Then, then they got a similar instance here where they do what they should have did at the chamber tonight and then they send out Cody to be the, the, the superhero instead of Kevin Owens. Now, Kevin Owens is the only piece that we need. He's the only missing piece to the puzzle. When and where is Kevin Owens going to join and align with Cody and Sammy? Is Cody going to back Sammy, which then is the catalyst for Kevin Owens to join in the battle against the bloodline? It's probably what it's leading to. But why Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn did not have their moment tonight, I don't know. Maybe WWE was going to want to play that out on SmackDown, and maybe we get something along those lines happening on SmackDown where we get Cody on Friday night, Sami on Friday night, Kevin Owens joining them, and Sami and KO embrace, hug, shake hands, and then they form an alliance, the three-headed beast here, to take down the bloodline at WrestleMania. I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was an incredible angle. I thought it was great. WWE played it out. It's exactly what we thought was going to happen. And the crowd bought into it. And I thought the heel turn was very nicely done to close Monday Night Raw tonight. 
I thought tonight's show was outside, outside of the WrestleMania shit, this show sucked. Logan Paul and Seth Rollins, great. John Cena, Austin Theory, great. The Bloodline with Sami Zayn and Cody, great. Outside that, this show sucked. Thank you guys for joining me on your Monday nights, man. We are going to get into the Super Chat portion of the show. Thank you for making us the number one live streamed podcast in the IWC on this fine evening. 2,800. I think we got up to 2,900 in the OTS venue tonight. I appreciate you guys very much for all of your support. Please follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Please go check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it for you. Saturday, OTS 467. Great discussion there. Sunday for AEW Revolution. I'll be live tomorrow night for NXT Roadblock. Wednesday for Dynamite. Thursday afternoon, live stream in the afternoon. Got a lot of great shit coming up, man. And please make sure you hit that thumbs up, man. We got 927 likes. I'd love if we could get another 70, man, and get 1,000. The goal is 1,000 tonight on the live stream. So if you guys have not hit the thumbs up, please hit that thumbs up and support the podcast by hitting that thumbs up. Tonight's show is sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Code SCRIPT20 at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. The Beard Hedger Pro Kit, ladies and gentlemen, has arrived. And this Beard Hedger is going to allow you to shape your beard in any way you want, man. Now, Manscaped is getting into the facial grooming department. Not only are they the leading below the waist grooming, now they're going to be right here with your moneymaker, man. It all starts with the Beard Hedger. This is an absolute juggernaut of a razor, man. 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard. No more messy drawers of extra add-ons. Plus, it's waterproof. You can shave in the shower. The titanium-coated T-blade is so tough on hair, but is so smooth on your skin, leading to one single-stroke shaving. Also... You guys are going to get the beard shampoo from Manscaped, the beard conditioner. You're going to get beard oil and beard balm. Remember, guys, the, the hair on your face is different than any other part of your body. You got to take care of it with the essential oils, shampoos, and conditioners. Plus, you're going to get three free gifts, a beard brush, a beard comb, and scissors to ensure that your beard is ready to impress. It's very easy, guys. Get yours today. Manscaped.com. Code SCRIPT20 at checkout. 20% off and free shipping. And I want to thank Manscaped, as always, for sponsoring the podcast right here on Off the Scripts. Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat. JD, your top three Kurt Angle matches. My top three Kurt Angle matches, man. Uh, that's a tough one. 
That is a tough one. I am going to have to go with... Kurt Angle, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 21. Kurt Angle, Undertaker. At No Way Out 2006. And probably, I would say, either... 2001 Shane McMahon King of the Ring or something with Benoit something with Benoit which which Benoit match uh, the Royal Rumble 2003 I believe it was any one of those any one of those Nick Williams with a $5 super chat Vince McMahon backstage. Get him out. He needs to be hauled out the door by Stone Cold, Triple H, and Bray Wyatt. Yeah, I wish. I wish, man. Thank you, Nick. Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat. Sammy KO is mirroring Seth Ambrose reuniting story. I could see that. I could absolutely see that. Also, Michelle with the $2 Super Chat, Heel Logan versus Face Seth should be a great match. It could be the match that steals the entire weekend. Guys, I didn't know I didn't I, I didn't know I had to add Eddie Guerrero in my favorite matches. If that is part of your favorite Kurt Angle matches then that's part of your favorite Kurt Angle matches. Why, do it ha- Why does it have to be a part of mine? No Eddie? No Eddie? No Eddie? Holy fucking shit. Michelle Moran with a $5 Super Chat. Cody will be the voice of reason for KO. We got Jimmy and Jay united tonight. Then Friday under Roman's nose, KO and Sammy should unite. WrestleMania match then set. Like I said tonight, Cody is the catalyst for KO. Tony Brown with a 499 Super Chat. That Bailey meet. Bro, Bailey has... uh, Nice uh, assets. Senile with a $50 super chat. Just throwing some love out to the OTS family. Thank you, Senile, for your generosity, brother. I appreciate you, man, for the $50 super chat. Cheers to you, man. Uh, Why is Cody worried about that? That's a good question. Cody should really be focusing on Roman and Roman only. Meanwhile, he's here meddling in fucking Sami Zayn's business. MJ's vlogs and more with a new membership. MJ, what the fuck are you drinking, brother? Lauren Hutton with a $2 Super Chat. Seen an absolutely destroyed theory. You better believe it. And Lauren also says, you think we'll see an Orton return before Mania? No. After Mania is when I suspect we see Orton. 
And also, she says, hopefully Manny will be decent this year. It's shaping up to be... I don't see how it can't be decent. Noah Driscoll with a five-month membership. Thank you, Noah. Solid show tonight. Love the segment with Theory and Cena and the main event segment. Happy to be a five-month member. Much love, JD. Thank you, Noah, for the five months in the venue. Robert Hurt with a 24 months, and Robert Hurt is looking at a golden microphone. JD, I got to say you are the best, but must ask, how do you choose the intro music before the show? Uh, Robert, I have no fucking clue, man. You know, I uh, I love uh, these Andy James songs that you're hearing, so until I find something that I'm able to use, we're going to stick with that. But realistically, I'd like to switch it up. Moretz with nine months. Thank you, Moretz. TK. Hey, Tony Khan is a new member. TK, what's going on, brother? Thank you for the membership, TK. What the fuck are you drinking? Judgment Day, Mike Harper with a $5 super chat. Only honest podcaster on YouTube. No sugarcoating needed. Awesome show. KO is stubborn because of Survivor Series because he keeps bringing it up. Cody, I think, like like Michelle said, is going to be the voice of reason for, for Kevin Owens. Uh, Jedi Joker, I have not forgot about you, brother. $2 Super Chat. John Cena makes any show he's on so much better. I got you tomorrow, brother. I promise. I was I was completely out of it today, man. I was I'm, fu- I'm so fucking tired. TK with a five dollar super chat. I liked the turn here since it's same place. Jay accepted him back at War Games. Yes, that's something that I could see playing a big part in that. Viper with a 499. Hey, JD, love your videos. I hope John Cena and LA Knight have a feud before Cena retires. Imagine the promos between those two. I think that'd be great. Basic with a 499. Vince was cosplaying as Tom Selleck. Next week, he will become Bob Ross. I think Vince needs to go away forever, please. Disgusting. Disgusting that he's even backstage, man. Nemesis with a $5 super chat. If I am Bray, I am waiting for my contract to be up and I'm gone. Dead understatement. What a waste of a comeback. I was a fan, not no more. Bro, he's turning a lot of people off about what's going on with him. Mike Harper with $2 super chat. Bray needs to stop being goofy and be serious. I agree. I enjoyed Bray when he was actually slightly humanized. Kind of reminded me of old Bray. Black Wolf Inc. with the $10 Super Chat. Jay Uso with the quote of the storyline. It's family shit. This is the main event of Night One based purely on LTB. They just made three or four more months of the bloodline. Bro, if that is not the main event of Night One, I mean, they're, they're clearly doing something wrong. Dylan Colin, Colin, Connolly. I can't even fucking... I, I gotta get the fuck out of here, man. Dylan 
Connolly with a 199. Wore the merch tonight. Boston acknowledges JD. Thank you, Dylan. I'd love to see something on TV. A sign or a shirt or something, man. But thank you for being there repping the podcast, brother. Appreciate you. Black Wolf Inc. with a $5 super chat. I hope that Seth gets another shot at Roman Reigns by SummerSlam. He is absolutely a babyface and can actually pull an upset given his history. Hey, we'll see it again. I don't know if it's going to be for the title, but it'll be... Uh, it'll be something we see again for sure. Captain Solo with a $2 super chat. Dolph Ziggler needs to bring back the job squad. Yeah, him and the Miz can him and the him and the Miz and Baron Corbin can form the job squad. Prodigy Freebird with 19 months. It saddens me that Vince is back. Why are we going backwards? We should be moving forward. Because it's all up to Vince McMahon, brother. He's got all the power. Triple H is nothing more than a puppet. Him. With a 499. I was at Raw. It was boring, aside from Seth, Cena, and the bloodline. The guy next to me was sleeping, holding his cold beverage until the very end. I am not surprised by that, bro. The show was not good tonight. Three segments don't make a good show. Three segments on a 16-segment show does not make a good show. N with a 499 Super Jack. Cody and KO were arguing behind the Boogs segment. And Cody was telling KO to help Sam. You know, I, I I honestly missed this. I did not see this. Cody and KO were arguing behind the Boogs segment. And Cody was telling KO to help Sammy, but he kept shaking his head. And that's why Cody came out instead. I like it. I like it. I must have missed that part. I don't know what the fuck I was doing. Turned off by Elias being on TV. That's the fucking problem. Tutti Fruity with a 199. HBK heel turn vibes. Undertaker with a $10 super chat. If or when MJF comes to WWE, I think the promo battle I'd like to witness the most would be between him and LA Knight. That would be awesome. OTS for life. Bro, MJF and anybody really. I think MJF brings out the best in a lot of people, man. And thank you, Undertaker. Thank you for the $10 Super Chat. Yeah, I didn't I didn't notice. I, I did not notice it. I was, I, listen, Elias is on my TV. I, I'm doing something else completely. So you can't blame, you can't put something like that on with Elias on TV. You can't do it. Erotic Fresco with a 499. Hey, JD, I was there tonight and someone punched a police officer. The officer clobbered him and arrested him. Wore my OTS Lucharilla t-shirt, though. OTS for life. Seems like you had a very entertaining evening, Erotic. Punching a police officer, man. How stupid can somebody be? Fabian Garcia with a $10 super chat. I know comedy wrestling isn't your thing, but... What's the comedy match that you just turn off your brain and enjoy? For me, it's either Wii LC or Gimmick Battle Roller from WrestleMania 17. The last time that I did that, brother, was Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville at WrestleMania last year. Joseph Taylor with a $5 super chat. The Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit, ultimate submission match from Backlash 2001. Two out of three falls. Chris Benoit, Judgment Day 2001. 
And Francisco with the $2 super chat, he says, I am so ready for my mother's basement. So am I, Francisco. But you know what I'm ready for, man? I'm ready for fucking bed. I'm getting the fuck out of here, man. I'm so tired, I'm not even going to yell at Jesse for not cleaning behind the bar because I walked in and it was sticky, bro. It was sticky! What are we doing back here, man? Fucking guy. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you for hanging out with me tonight, man. It's been a tremendous two days. We did 2,900 last night for AEW. Another 2,900 here tonight. Close to 6,000 in the last two nights, man. Thank you guys so much. You know, for all the hate that I get online. For all the hate that I get online, man. You guys really love coming into the venue. It's great. Anyway, guys, uh, I will see you live tomorrow night. We'll be uh, doing NXT Roadblock, man. I'll be live for NXT tomorrow night. So make sure you guys come hang out. Looks like a solid card, man. Looks like a solid show tomorrow. So we'll have some fun. We'll uh, we'll have some fun tomorrow night. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Please continue to hit that thumb. We need 12 likes. 12 likes. If you guys are in the chat and have not, if you're one of 11 people that have not hit the thumbs up, man, I need 11 likes. Can we get 11 likes before we get the fuck out of here? And go check out all the other content on the channel. Also, Blue Chew. Oh, not Blue Chew. It was Manscaped. Blue Chew, Manscaped. All my sponsors are down below. But tonight, Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Code script 20. Guys, I'm getting out of here, man. I'll see you tomorrow night for NXT roadblock let me see those ace emojis those rock on emojis those mustang emojis in the chat and let me hear that music turns up to max guys thank you so much for a great night have a great night and i'll see you tomorrow night right here in the venue for nxt roadblock on off the script we'll see you guys later